everyone. Hello, everybody. And welcome to this special interview. I don't do a whole lot of interviews, but when I come across a special person in my life, I think it, it, it calls upon me to do an interview, at least say, who is this person? Let's get to meet him. Um, before we meet him, I know there's a little window there that, that has his little face um, and his body and he captures his persona. We're gonna get to know who that person is, but I wanna tell a little aside of, of how I came to, how we encountered each other. Our first interaction wasn't so much interaction. I was on parked on the side of the road. I was on Facebook, you know, messenger, I'm looking around the feeds going and, and the, the feeds going and I'm like, Rah! I, I just zeroed in to this language. And this language was coming from this person who I, I had to get to know. And I think I wrote, I wrote, okay, um, I agree with everything that you're saying. Who are you? I'm Max Gutman, this is me. Who are you? So I guess that's what we're here today to figure out. I'd like to introduce a Mr. Craig Lewis. Mr. Craig Lewis, who are you? Hey, Craig, talk to us for a second. What's up, brother? Hey, Max, you're one of the most sincere, truly good in your heart, caring, beautiful, honorable, kind people I've ever met. And let's just be real honest. I'm not easy sometimes or often, especially when it's with well, anybody really, <laughs> but uh, with people who are uh, my fellow mental health colleagues, I could be a bit of a nightmare. And there's reasons why, you know those reasons why, because we're on the receiving end of my often desperate communications, seeking people who cared enough to know me, and to care about what happened to me, and who I am and why I am and to not just discard me. So you're not just a regular person. You're actually a very special human being. Excuse me. Thank you, Craig. And that's why we know each other because of that reason. I, I It's because I of you. Thank you. Thank you. We both believe that people, people shouldn't be discarded. Um, special people, any people, anyone. Um, I think that's why... I'm especially special. Uh, sorry for interrupting, Max, oh. but when it comes to sp special, listen, everybody, I know. I'm extra special. I know it. Okay, but carry on, please, my friend. But you are. You are. And and so are the people that I, I love and care about. Um, anyone in the world that is special. And, and you know, it's funny that word special. What, is, what does it mean? Just like... Who are you, Craig? Like, what does special mean? And and that's what sort of like <coughs> so, you, so you folks know mental health affairs, special <coughs> special treatment. All right, all these words and language are, are very interesting. And language is interesting to me, as you know, Craig. And and you know, I don't have to tell you that maybe it was 70, 80 years ago. Special treatment was language used around uh, a whole people to 
to to launch their elimination. And that was the Holocaust. And that's sort of where mental health affairs evolved from. This this idea that we need to reappropriate language at the level of its use and say, hey, look, what's going on here? Let's reuse this language and use it for better means. So that's me and my project. Right. Greg, who are you and, and, and what is your project? Max, thank you. I told you that I couldn't really answer this question. Yes. In a traditional way. So I'm gonna answer it in my way. Absolutely. I'm gonna be reading off page 22 of my brand new book, The Craig Lewis Guide to Surviving the Impossible. Can you show us the, the book? The poem is called, yeah. And I know it's dark here. We can That's see. the way it is. I left my home country. I set up a new life. Sometimes things are the way they are. Well, we're going to get to all of that. If I have to deal with it, so can you. We will. Uh, and thank you for showing us the book. Craig, before you read, where can we get the book? Where is it Where is it available? So our currently, currently, yes, you can get it from my distributor's website, www.lulu.com slash spotlight slash better days recovery press. And soon enough, you can get it directly from my brand new website, sanityisafulltimejob.org. I have to just say that I have a, I have a cat on the chair across from me. And she doesn't usually uh, hear me speak so loud and forcefully. So she, she looked at me with a little bit of a, what are you doing, dad? I said, okay, I'm, thanks for checking me. Good kitty. <laughs> That's awesome, awesome. See, the life, the love of life. Um, I love that about you. So yeah, I, I found her on the street, and now she's in my house. I swear, every day, and she sleeps in my. Can't breathe. She sleeps in my bed. Unbelievable! I love her. Her okay. name is. Uh, her original name was Gatita Nomero Dos, cat number two. Cat number two. Because that's what I. Uh, that's what I called her. Uh, but her name's been shortened to Dos. But the funny thing is, is that I. About a year ago, I saw that I live in a cul-de-sac and there's like 10 kids here. They're all, they're all related. And um, one day they saw me pick her up and the kid said, like something like, uh, uh, that's our cat. I said, <laughs> and uh, I said, hey, what do you what do you call this cat? And uh, they said, um, confetti. And I said, what do you call this cat? It's all in Spanish. I don't speak Spanish properly, even though I live in Mexico. And they said, Gatita Nomero Dos. And then they, the kids said, um, Mitar? Mitar? This basically means like split. And I said, I didn't know what the word meant, but I understood what he was telling me. And I said, sure. I, I put her over my shoulder and I walked up to my apartment. And I'm certain that she's chosen me over all others. Yeah, so that's what happens. She's lovely. Oh, that's, that's a great story. I'm sure she gets special treatment, right? Well, you know, you were asking earlier, what what does the word special mean? Yeah. So, you know, now there's a lot of people watching this who rode a short yellow bus. Let me tell you, I needed my very own bus. It wasn't even yellow. That's it wasn't even actually a bus. not. That's that's why it's yeah. That's why I'm special. <laughs> I, oh, I know. I'm doing pretty good considering that's the case. Speaking of, people make me so. Yeah. Let's read. 
Let's hear it. Yeah. Let's hear what makes I'm special looking. special. All right, so I've already shown you the cover. Right. Right. You know what I'm talking about here. That's my face. I did this for a reason. Gee, what's the title, Craig? I, you know, sometimes I have to look myself in the face when they say this shit. The book is called The Craig Lewis Guide to Surviving the Impossible. That's what I did. That's, that's what I decided to call it. But as well, it's true. I love that title. Oh, dude, I feel like such a... In your excerpt. I feel like such a crazy person sometimes. It's so fucking nuts. All right. Take a deep breath, Craig. Deep breath. It's called The Poem of Forgiveness and Healing for and about my mama. And it's in response to your question. Who are you, Craig? Who am I? This is who I am. Let's see if I can go, make it easier to go like this if I can do this. Excuse me for the chaos. It's just the way it is. I'm just, you can see my awesome Great. It goes. Dear Mama, I forgive you for your obsession in harming your child. I forgive you because I know that you are a trauma survivor yourself. I forgive you because I know your mother abused you. I forgive you because you were blamed for your reactions to how you were treated. I forgive you for being so hurt and damaged that you did not learn how to love. I forgive you for turning that damage on your firstborn son. I forgive you for being scared that your son was brilliant, creative, smart, and loving, and that he innocently exposed what was happening behind closed doors. I forgive you for threatening a psychiatrist with a lawsuit if he didn't give me a diagnosis of schizophrenia and drug me. I forgive you because you did this to protect yourself. I forgive you for contributing to me being sexually abused. I forgive you because I remember every humiliating detail. I forgive you because I know that deep down inside you were tortured by things that happened to you before you gave birth to me. I forgive you for going out of your way to convince anyone and everyone that I was a problem. I forgive you for being incredibly successful at this because it caused so much more damage than any child should ever be subjected to. I forgive you for threatening our family members into abandoning me to protect your fragile reality. I forgive you for your personal involvement in interfering in my relationships with women. Wow. I forgive you for abandoning me in 2017 when I trusted you for the last time. I forgive you for threatening me with an ultimatum that if I didn't stop talking about what happened to me as a child in your home, that I would no longer have a family. 
I forgive you for seeing that threat through and making it a reality. I forgive you because I refuse to allow what happened to you to continue to harm me. I forgive you because the cycle of abuse ends here and now with me. Ow. I forgive you because you cannot forgive yourself. I forgive you because you turned. This happens all the time. Okay. I forgive you because you turned down my offer of unconditional reconciliation and public forgiveness simply so I can know what it felt like to have a mother and be loved. I forgive you because all I wanted was to have my mother tell the world that I was a good, smart, dignified, and honorable man and you weren't capable of doing this. I forgive you because you'll be gone soon. I forgive myself because when that happens, if my tears will be of sadness or of relief. For anyone reading this or listening to me now, I ask you to please not allow my mother's abusiveness to be in vain. Sometimes we need to be destroyed to be properly built. My mother nearly destroyed me and here I am. I share with the whole world the power of my love, the power of my joy, the power of my gratitude, the power of my forgiveness and the power of my honor. I, I chose to be happy as an act of defiance and love. I'm the author of my life, and you're the author of your life. Believe in miracles because the words you just read and listened to were written and spoken by one. Wow. Craig. Craig. Do I make sense now about how you know me and why? Absolutely, Craig. Absolutely. That was, that was, I, I couldn't, I, I, those words were so powerful. They spoke to me on so many levels. Can I tell you why for a second, Craig? Um, please, aside please from, do. Aside from just being so well written. Um, and, and, you know, I, I am a, I am a survivor of my own trauma, but I am also someone of, of lived experience with schizophrenia. And, um, you know, it's funny how, how, were on that label of schizophrenia across both of our lives in different ways okay and how trauma and healing were shared by us but we experienced them very differently but one thing we did share very commonly um was this idea of forgiveness and what during my break as i experienced my break from reality i was very much involved with this idea of forgiveness uh i was in this class with a, a professor einhorn and and she wrote this book on forgiveness. It was called "Would Can You Forgive?" And it was about um, the abuses that she had or, or suffered from from her family. And I'm reading this book as I'm having my break, and forgiveness became such a powerful tool for me during my recovery to forgive the people around me that harmed me, not because they wanted to, um, not because it was their intent but because they didn't know how to interact with me at, at, on a human level while I was psychotic. And people often don't. People often misunderstand people who are going through and experiencing trauma. And and I saw you when we met 
and and when we spoke in our ongoing conversations about trauma and every time we spoke and I knew something wasn't quite right or maybe you weren't feeling well or I wasn't feeling well that we were both re-experiencing this this trauma that's impacted our lives and I never wanted that to in, interfere with our relationship and I hope it didn't and I my, this idea this idea this interview is about so trauma doesn't interfere with anyone's interactions that that have experienced it so trauma doesn't impact the people in the world so so much I'm trying to say that I hope this idea of forgiveness your story my story helps people understand people that are misunderstood that have experienced the trauma so they don't have to keep re-experiencing it again and again because that's hard to do isn't it Craig it's hard to do to keep re-experiencing thank you thank you and 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 a so part one help me remember this sure part one is that to validate this whole thing that we're talking about but part two is what do you do to stop it from happening right okay so we know that part two is you talk about it you you get support from it about it you share it you have it be validated so part one right remind me on that please because you know me sure um uh, it's hard how hard is it to deal with when people don't understand it's tragic it's tragic and it's not just general society that commits these tragic i guess personal crimes upon each other because they don't take the time or they don't have the capacity or or for whatever reason they don't listen they can't understand that's okay not everyone's able to but it's tragic because when people don't understand what do they do what do they do starting in what 1939 what do they do that the whole world found out found out about in 1945 you know right they uh they eliminate you right that's what they do that's not an easy thing to live with it's not an easy now the fact that we're both no go no it's not an easy thing to live with and people often that fall into these categories as special or different or misunderstood it happens all the time so we want to stop it from happening and i think your story and 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 mine and everyone else's if we stop and listen and learn i think people will be a little less quick to eliminate the special to to maybe stop this cycle of abuse from happening and people experiencing it over and over again right maybe hopefully we think greg I think I'm the king of the special people and then I scare the normal special people and uh, I think you all better get used to it because I'm extra special and I'm extra special all by myself so uh, no matter how special you are you're not more special than me we could be equally special but I'm special in a different way and that's not meant to be funny even though we all know that it is and what I just said is really fucking crazy and it's also true so thank you. that's not the truth Max no it is true it is true it is, it is true truth. yeah and I think that also deal speaks, with it, it I, we have to in the world has you're, you're right. doing no I'm not talking to you when I think my cat's saying dad why are you yelling I'm sorry I'm sorry Katita lo siento baby lo siento. go ahead 
No, it's true though, Craig. We have to, I have to, the world has to do. And when I, and you know, I just want to go back to that idea of, um, we talked about who are you, you read your, you read your story and, and, and why are we reading it? It's so the world learns. And, and also most importantly, in relation to this, I want you to know that you're, you're more than your story. You're more than this story. There's a lot of parts to you. This Craig Lewis, the author. Is Craig Lewis the writer, the, the musician, the artist, the, the the human? There's all these parts to you, and I think that like you're you know obviously more than that kid on that bus, whatever it is, whatever label we want to give it. But that's so great, and and now that we're here learning about you, can you tell us a little bit about more about you and why you chose Mexico and and. Why you're living where yeah. you're living, aside from all that stuff. Why why Mexico? Yeah, we have to come back to part two of that question, okay? We will, so we're gonna we will, we remember will. that question. Yes. All right. So I I had to tell Max uh, earlier that when we talk about these things that I need his help. Yes. In um managing myself because I, um, as you've already heard about who I am, right? I have a, I have a very challenging uh, experience in life. And uh, although I detest diagnostic terms, reality, the reality is if you were gonna give me a diagnostic label, after all I've been through, uh, it would be complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And if, if you know what the complex part means, it means that sometimes I, it, it's, it's a different, it's not just what we colloquially call uh, PTSD. I add trauma, respect to everybody, okay? Every experience is legitimate. Um, I have a severe experience and I never, as a young person, was able to form the inner, you know, foundation with which to manage things. And so, um, in 2015, when I, I finally ended the 28 years, 80,000 pills of unnecessary psych meds, and they removed all the diagnoses, I was a very raw, immature person who who, uh, who saw clearly, but couldn't communicate emotionally in an intellectual way. I was a child. I was a child. So uh, I never had a chance to become emotionally, intellectually mature. I just changed and a lot of things happened all real, real, really at the very same time. And I was incredibly vulnerable and vulnerable in a way that I, I um, could hardly even, I don't want to tell you, I don't want to tell you. It was so, it was so bad that um, there's things I never want to tell anybody. It was that, the and most humili humiliating. And I don't, I don't, I don't have to. Some of the things I, I don't have to. And this might not be the time, but, but, but we, but I think it's important to say that what you experienced is true. And for folks listening, this, these ideas of diagnoses and labels and, and diagnostics, it serves a purpose in the sense that, like you said, Craig, you're able to communicate in, in very concrete terms what this is happening to you. But every experience is different, like you said. And how did these experiences, yeah. what they were then, lead you? 
So choose Mexico. Why Mexico for what it is today? And 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 why are you living there in the now? Probably because I'm Mexican on the inside. Okay. And uh, that's probably. I mean, I'm not. I'm not making a joke. Yeah. I'm actually I'm serious. These things happen, you know. But I'm also making a joke. It's funny to say, but it's funny because it's true. It's true in a lot of ways that I. Uh, it's it's a miracle. It's, it's like. So why why Mexico? Yeah. Well, number one. I'd be dead if I was in the United States. Those people hate me. My family, my former colleagues, people I used to know and cherish—they effing hate me. And they hate me for good reason, because I'm extra special in a really good way. And that was so they hate me and me. But why? It's a true. It's a true answer. Oh, true. But you have the whole world, right? You have the whole world. Why that country? Why? I'm answering your question, okay. buddy. Calm, All right. calm down. All right. I need you to calm down. I'm calming. Love of God. Oh my God. All right. I'm telling you why. So that's number one. Because how can you answer the question, my Mex, my Mex, why, why Mexico, if you uh, can't answer the question, why not Boston, Massachusetts? Whole state. Why not Boston, Massachusetts? Well, I just told you why. Why not Europe? Yeah. Because I could live in Europe. There's plenty of opportunities for me. I could live there. But there's things like visa issues. Okay. And there's things like, you know, lack of healthcare. And there's things like, yeah, I could live with a girlfriend. Of course. Did you ever? I. Yeah, man, totally, totally. Yeah, I, absolutely. In numerous countries,、uh, I've met beautiful human beings throughout my travels. Wow. And and、uh, I've been throughout Europe. I've been to forty、uh, countries or so that I've that I've actually like engaged with people around the world. Yeah, man, I, I made I made lovely girlfriends around around、uh, all over Europe and other countries, man. Of course.、It's、incredible.、Craig. And、uh, most of all of them, I'm. Yeah, man. I mean, if you you're an honest person. And you and you're, you treat people with, with respect. I mean, I made a few mistakes along the way, and like, we all are human. So, like, I'm not I'm not perfect. That's true. But、uh, over time, we learn how to be a good man. And like, when you have your whole life collapse, and I'm answering your question. But why Mexico? But、yeah. Mexico came after a year and a half of me living in Europe. When I say living, I mean homeless, <laughs> traveling around, doing workshops, meeting people, and making friends. And Sometimes making special friends, and I think it's very fair to say that nearly every person I met, that I made as friends, or actually the special friend part, actually helps a lot to really solidify those relationships. And I have wonderful friends everywhere, and I love everybody.、Um, yeah, I, I I just couldn't live in Europe because of I needed to be free and independent. I couldn't like be beholden to living in someone else's house in a country that I don't speak the language. I could, I, I could have, but I, obviously with the pandemic hitting, it's good that I was here. And so, why Mexico? Oh my God! Excuse me. I've been sick for a month, and this is the first like 
Uh, the first day, I can't believe I feel, I feel good. I feel pretty good. Why Mexico? Why Mexico? Firstly, it's easy to live here legally. It's easy. Secondly, if you're a person in the United States who receives things like, let's just call them, um, I don't like the word entitlements, but you know what I'm talking about. If you're a person in the United States who receives that kind of support, for whatever reason, it's 100% legal to receive it here. L-E-G-A-L, as in, they know where I am. Awesome. Meaning, they meaning the people uh, in the USGOV. That's great. So you got creative with your benefits. So, dude, I could tell you stories about being creative. If they if they kept me back in the United States, or even I can do it here now, I could teach people all sorts of crazy shit, uh, including how to be um, legally creative with your benefits to make a whole lot more money to keep everything in I'm the king of that. And uh, I could also teach people um, uh, how to get your psychiatrist off your back. I'm the pro. I'm such a pro at that too. But Craig, yeah. all this is incredible to me. I don't, it's incredible, right? I don't know if you realize it. Every piece of this story, every piece of this narrative, because for me, and I just, just I hate to talk about <coughs> it, I know other people experience the same thing. I had trouble with the system navigating benefits. I can barely do my own. In terms of travel, if there wasn't someone with me, yeah. I'd be lost. Just a disorganization in my head during my recovery. You, on the other hand, you're bouncing around Europe. You're, you're exploring. You're taking pictures. You're interacting with people. You're in relationships. And then, and then there you are choosing another country. You said Mexico, I want to live there. And you did. You did, Craig. Yeah, and, and you did so <laughs> deliberately, and and you're surviving, right? Yeah, well, deliberately uh, by by lack of uh, no other option. Okay, but for some people, they can't even do that. You did, you did. Does anyone think? Does anyone think for one second? Does anyone think for one second that I would have been would not with a wow? Freudian slip. Right, fuck that. Does anyone think for one second that I would have not have been... I said it right. That I would not have been content living in Salem, Massachusetts where I lived for three years in my apartment with all my records, all my stuff, with my beautiful Max the Cat as I became the man I was born to be? Does anyone think for a second that I wanted to lose my home. The, that I wanted to lose X, the cat. That I wanted to lose all my things. I've not seen them since. None of my stuff. It's been four years. Disconnected. Does anyone think? Does anyone think I wanted to be homeless in Europe for a year and a half, living out of a backpack, having to leave places? So I'd be legal there and go places where they weren't even checking my passport. I ain't telling you where that is. Yes, I have to go back. You think I wanted to do that? No. I was not jet setting around living high in the hog. 
Oh, no. 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 I was in a post-desperate attempt to save my life. I listened to a man named Steve Harvey, who is a comedian. He's the host of Family Feud. And this guy's also a, a spiritual man. I'm not going to comment on his all his stuff because it's not my I, it's not my problem how he is or what he does or whatever anyone thinks. What matters is he said something that resonated with me, and 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 what that was was that in an outtake, I swear to God, from Family Feud, he was uh, videotaped, you know, speaking to the audience about how sometimes you just have to jump. You guys, this could be Google. This this video link is easily easy to find. Steve Harvey, Family Feud, jump, you'll find it. And he talked about how. Uh, Sometimes you just have to trust and do something different. Like the like uh like in the nineteen eighties when Doug Flutie, when I was a kid, was the quarterback for uh at Boston College and I remember the last second he had the the Hail Mary and everyone around uh I wanna say around the world, but I don't know. Everyone around Massachusetts Everyone around Massachusetts, they fucking hate that place. Everyone around Massachusetts knew what that meant. The Doug Flutie Hail Mary. And uh, I don't want to sully uh, this story up with my middle finger, but seriously, fuck you, Massachusetts. Now moving forward, big smile, take two. You All right, smile. so you Steve smile. Harvey, I'm, see, Steve Harvey, no, I'm not gonna, I don't fuck around. I say exactly what I think. Terrible people, disappointed. Anyway, not everyone. Some people are gems. I love you all with my from my heart. I just want to punch some of you. But what would Steve Harvey say right now? He'd say, "Craig." I know. He'd say, "Craig." Sometimes you have to jump. And what he meant was, when I knew I was going to be homeless, and uh, the. Uh, January of 2018 thanks to my colleagues I'm talking to you when I knew I was going to be homeless I had just watched that video and I said I can do that why not if I stay here I'm going to die in the street I'm not going to go live at the, the homeless shelter in the Life Bridge in downtown Salem, where I used to give better days groups when I worked for the recovery learning community. I wasn't going to go back with my tail between my legs and live in a shelter. I would have killed myself within a week. And I knew that. It would put him in the biggest humiliation of my life. I, I could think of better ways to be humiliated. So that's what I chose to do. And so uh, I bought a one-way ticket to Paris, France. With a backpack I know I saw Max again and uh I had set up a few workshops because I had already taken the I made the investment to have my work translated into other languages I knew I knew I knew I was going to get I knew I was unwanted in, in my home community anyways I took steps to prepare for whatever was going to happen because that's who I am and so I had my uh my better days book that uh, the better days workbook that I 
I authored as part of my uh, working as a peer specialist, becoming a peer specialist back in Boston. And uh, I had it translated to different languages. And so I, I had already set up a series of workshops in different countries with some of them were paid and I knew I was going to be able to do it. So that's what I did. And uh, I showed up in Paris and the next night we had the first Un Jour Nouveau workshop in Paris and it was a, a huge success. And um, two days later, I moved, I swear to God, oh my God, I love the French people. Oh my God, I moved to, <laughs> to three days, like my third night in Paris, I can light this candle. I was living with my, my new girlfriend, I swear to God. And uh, you know, that happened and uh, I realized that, um, that was the first time I recognized that uh, it wasn't me. You guys got me wrong. You have no idea. When I say you guys, you know exactly who I'm talking to. You know if I'm talking to you. You got me wrong. You made a, a, a mistake. You made a, a huge mistake. You guys. Yeah. Because when I was in other places where they didn't speak our language back in the United States, I didn't have the same problems. And shame on you for that because when I landed in France and people got to know me through translators I swear this my life is absurd using Google Translate and shit like this and doing workshops and being heard well they got to know me without all the BS excuse me can't help it and yeah the moment I realized that like you said I am not my story, that's where I began to learn that. I can't describe my dreadful anger toward the people back home who have not been kind to me, who had the opportunity to know a beautiful human being, but just couldn't handle, couldn't handle the changes. I'm not angry at people who are just ignorant. I'm angry at the people who no knew better. that something was up and 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 hurt me. I'm not going to hold back. I mean, I'm pretty reserved. If you if you can appreciate what I've been through, which you haven't lived it in my shoes, so you can't fully. But let me assure you, I would love to punch some people out. I'm not promoting violence at all. I'm just saying that is. You see how I speak to my beautiful little cat, right? I'm sensitive about my tone of voice because I don't want to disturb her, right? So if I'm going to say that about human beings, you better understand there's a reason why, because that's a severe violation of who I am that I've experienced. And you violated me. And I understand people who don't know better, but the people who do, that's a whole nother ballpark. That is another ballpark. So, that's a whole big ballpark. ballpark. Big ballpark, Craig. And, and, and people that know better, wow, wow. I mean, well, listen, you've said so much. We have to unpack it, come on. I mean, listen, and, and for folks out there, Unpacked. for folks out there, um, and Craig heard it right from right from my tone. I didn't mean gallivanting and joyfully around your. It was survival. You did what you had to do, but you planned for it in some way. You said almost subconsciously you knew to buy tickets and set up stuff. It speaks to me, Craig. It speaks to my trauma. Um, and, and I'll never forget, like Steve Harvey, 
and his quote, the king of comedy or king, one of them, not my king, but he was a king. Um, I can tell you folks that when I was going through my break, my dad said to me, and I will never forget, Max, stay low and keep moving. Stay low and keep moving. Uh, I believe that was, a, he borrowed that from Rocky Balboa, um, or the Rocky series. But stay low and keep moving, meaning stop bouncing up against all the shit and just move through it. Don't let it hold you back and get to your final destination. And 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 I did, and and it, it not maybe in the right way, but at least I did. And 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 you may not have made all the right choices in life, but you certainly made the important ones in terms of survival. Okay, and you did what you had to do to survive and my point is not everybody does and i think your story can teach people how to survive okay if not the title or, or one of your books and your email um you are a man who knows how to stay alive um and and to do so in a way that is inspiring like i said you may not be happy with all your you may not be happy with everything about you but be happy at least about the fact that you're doing it and and the the process of doing is inspiring oh my god to me at least i know to others who follow you and and just to speak to the following craig you have a following you've got a big one people out there care about you and before i forget because i will you asked me to do one thing not the number two thing which you covered very well I want I want us all to know that before this is over, we stand with you, Craig. We stand in solidarity with you, and and I really hope that others out there that agree with what I'm saying and, and people that resonate with your story are willing to stand with me in solidarity and say we support you, Craig, in your endeavors and everything that you do, and we support your life. We support your well-being. We put that down on paper. I'd write it across my heart, Craig. We really would and do, um, and and we'll get to more of that in a second. I know I know it's important to you, but survival, recovery, Craig. Do you think other people can do it? Do you think other people can take your model and apply it to themselves and 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 recover for whatever that means to them? That is one hundred percent the reason why I wrote this book. One hundred percent. The reason why yes without fail every person has it within themselves to radically transform who they are as a person every person has it within themselves to go back and figure out who they were before all those things happened to them to them that changed them that changed them that affected their relationships that affected their choices and how their lives played out no matter how the result may have been you could still go back and identify those wounds and do something about it. Figure out why you want to do something about it. Identify what you have to do about it and do it. You don't need to be told by someone else what's wrong with you. You already know deep down inside that there's a reason why you are the way you are. We don't have to talk about diagnostic terms and how you treat it or not. That's not my business. That's your business. You, But you do deserve to have all the tools necessary. Oh, correction. 
all the tools available. Necessary is not correct. It's not for me to say or anyone else to have access to all the tools available for you to help yourself. I believe in that. I know it to be true. That's why I wrote that book. That's why I wrote this book. It's the truth. They're so important books. They're so important, Craig. Let me read to you what it says on the back cover because it really sums it up. Please. That's me. The Craig Lewis Guide to Surviving the Impossible is written by a human being who learned the hard way the difference between being alive and truly living. This book is intended to help you figure out whatever it is that you need to figure out. If you do the personal work that you need to do, whatever that work may be, you will experience improvements. The bottom line is this: you, the person reading this, you, the pardon me. <laughs> the bottom bottom line is this: you, the person reading these words, you have the power within to heal and become whoever you were born to be. That is the path that this author has chosen. May your journey result in healing, peace, and love. That is what's up. That is what's up. That is what's up, Craig. Yeah. What's up? What's Dude. up? What's up? What's up, Craig? No, Craig. I, I you know, you, you've spoken so much about the past, history, what you have to offer, what you're offering. I have to ask. I'm sorry. What's next for Craig Lewis? What, what's your future looking like? What do you want for yourself and for the world? <laughs> I'm laughing because of what's inside my head. I sometimes I have to censor myself, even when I usually don't. Um, I'm thinking about getting a vasectomy. Because I like to express myself in loving ways. Right. That's the, that's the truth. That's the moment. Hey, come on. Hey, man. I live my whole life living living with a chain around my neck. I'm gonna live every moment to its fullest if I can. I've not been doing a very good job of it recently, but it's because I've been sick. Right. Been really sick. Like dangerously sick. I'm having a hard time like like breathing. Uh, just because I'm talking so much right now, I'm in the clear. Everything's good. I'm on the mend. But um, yeah, like, like, no, I've had, I've had, I've had this um, I have this stress-related illness. Uh, it's basically because I've been pushing and pushing and pushing to get uh, a whole bunch of people to uh, listen to my story because I, I've been finding myself in a, in a, in a feeling like I'm, I've had my cunt, my cunt. Oh my god, <laughs> I've been feeling like I had my tongue cut out. <clears throat> and I feel like I was gonna die if I didn't take action because of a little nasty story about something back in Massachusetts. And so I've been putting in a great effort to do something about it, and uh, it's taken a great toll on my on my health. I've had to be uh, I've had to do a lot of things, fighting people, uh, you know, getting into stuff and doing things that really, really have just have made me very ill. Uh, have really worn me down, and uh, I actually got really sick. Uh, I had a physical manifestation of trauma and lifelong abuse, and a desperation about how I'm going to pay for my health care. Like I have uh, health issues now that have developed, 
uh, because of massive stress and me not having income. And that's uh, also uh, what happened back in Massachusetts. And just all sorts of really like, um, I've had to like, face despicable things and despicable people. And it's uh, really, really a mind fuck, to be honest. Uh, I don't know how I survived really, but somehow uh, I did. But I knew that I was paying a price with my health. And I made the decision that I was gonna make sure that my future was gonna be better, even if I uh, incurred uh, damage to my body. And so um, I have uh, become very sick in the past month. I'm, I was very scared. I became scared I was gonna die. Uh, even yesterday, I was, even today, actually, this morning, I was still unsure if I'm gonna make it. I mean, I just, I've been terrified. Wow. And I've had to do what I had to do to get better, and it, it took a huge toll on me. I have some health issues that are concerning me, and um, I really got sick. And uh, so uh, that's uh, that's my reality, dude. And um, uh, I don't know exactly why I was saying all this, but it was for a specific reason about something you said. And, about the future, um, Craig Lewis. About, about the future, yeah. About the future, thank you. Thank you. So um, I... I I've, that's, and I said I was like having trouble breathing. So, you know, I mean, I go in a whole circle. I'm like, here's the five, here's the five minute explanation to answer your question, or not no, even your no, question, no. but to, to provide context, to provide context for my statement about the future. That's what I. That's why. That's the way it is with me, guys. Uh, I try to catch myself, but uh, you know, you caught your who I am. I talk right? like this, and that's what it's about. Yeah, to interrupt you, but you're saying so much right there. Craig, I, just like you, in terms of mental health, physical health, it's all the same thing. And when we suffer so much trauma and so much shit that we have to spend so much time on our mental health, we sometimes forget our physical health. And I did too for about 10 years of healing. I let medications and, and uh, overwhelm my body and my metabolism. I gained over 100 pounds. And right in about maybe a little while ago, after falling asleep at the wheel because I was so tired and almost killing myself uh, and others, I realized that's healing and health connected to physical health. You can't just you can't just let it wear on your physical health as you're improving your mental health. Eventually, the pendulum falls apart and you fall apart. And I think what you're saying is, what's your future? Well, my future is undoing the wrong I've done to my body, not intentionally, but because I was so focused on healing, now I've got to heal, and I've got to heal further, and that's big, and I, I, I wish you well in that endeavor. I wish us all well. I think we should, we should clarify something here. Absolutely. Um, I didn't do this to myself. No, 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 I know. My, my, my choices yes. are my choices. But you cannot. No one can hold me responsible for ha for for being put in the situations that forced me to make the decisions that I've made. Oh, absolutely. Let's be very clear to all the people in the world. Yeah, everyone should understand this. You can make decisions that cause harm to yourself, or that others don't agree with, or understand, and there may be consequences, and there often are. But don't you dare condemn somebody or even identify that they have a personal investment in making a bad decision that harms them 
without also considering are there other circumstances at play? And in my situation, there are. Absolutely. In my situation, I was forcibly removed from my professional community so other people could retain their jobs. You can appreciate the kind of bullshit that has to go down to remove somebody who cares enough as much enough as much as any person out there in the world who works in the helping profession why and there's a reason why and it has nothing good to do with it it's so true so, it's so true it's me not even anything to do with anything and it happens it can happen a secretary with no education while you're working on an act team cannot like you because of your choice of schmear on a bagel. You don't know what the bullshit is, but it can extract you from a whole community. It happened to me. Um, it can happen to any of us. Um, and it's so sad. And I think that speaks to your stance on recovery and your stance on recovery speaks to me, Greg. It speaks to me. Well, that's great because you know what? There's a lot of people who will benefit from this kind of stance on recovery. Interested in getting rich. I'm not interested in making money off the mental health world. I'm not interested in controlling things. I'm not interested in petition. I'm not interested in being cool. I already am. What I'm interested in is helping people like me and like Max. People who have been misunderstood. People who are treated differently because of things that have really nothing to do with them. People who deserve to be honored and respected for who they are and how they became who they are and what they're doing to become better. People who matter. All people, all people, A-L-L, -L, all people. That's who I care about. Thank you, Craig. All I want to do with my life, all I all I care about is helping other people live better lives. All Thank I you. care about. Thank you. Me and yes. Max, I'm gonna ask you to say it. Because I know how I come across. I know I'm I'm a mindfucker if I need to be. But I'm a pure dude in my heart. So I'm gonna ask Max to maybe express in his colorful and intellectual way if he doesn't mind me putting him on the spot what the F I'm talking about because maybe hearing it from someone else might make a difference in the world thank you Max I trust you to do whatever you have to do okay. well I think you know your stance on recovery caring about everyone I think that takes us full circle Greg and it takes us to a place where sometimes the world the world allows for experiences to be bullshit for them to suck and sometimes sucking just sucks and we have to get through it any way we can you've proven it possible i've proven it possible and whatever happened during our experiences sometimes what's important is the here the now the, t the today and how we've gotten there folks listening out there i hope you understand how we've gotten here listening to Craig's story, listening to where he came from and where he is now. <laughs> Craig, I want to thank you for sharing your story today. 
I hope that that little intellectual capsule um, spoke to why you're here and why you came to speak with me um, and why you're here sharing your story. I know there's so much more to say, so much more to say about yesterday, so much more to say about survival. Um, unfortunately, we can't cover it all, but you've given people enough in your books, in your in your writing, Craig, in your writing here on Facebook, in social media groups, to at least say, and at least beckon the call, why? Why? Why mental health affairs? Why Craig Lewis? What's his story? What's your story? And how do we benefit from it? Folks, you don't have to be Pat Deegan to know recovery is just a stance. But to get through it, sometimes we don't want to sugarcoat it. Sometimes bullshit's bullshit. But that bullshit stops with Craig Lewis in terms of his ability to narrate it and, 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 and say, here, look, this is what it's like. This is what I went through. And, and it's not going to be easy. And it's not going to be easy for any of you out there. But we're here in solidarity. I'm here in solidarity with you, Greg, and everyone out there who is going through these experiences. I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for coming here today, Craig. And, and all the best. All the best. Listen, brother. You're one of the truest champions of mental health recovery that I've ever met. I hope I don't get you in trouble by saying this. But I'm in your corner, homie. I got your back. I believe in what you're doing. We have a partnership in this way. So thank you, Max. Now, thank you. Craig. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this time without asking for my final comment. May I, please? I'm gonna do it anyway. So you wanna say, just go ahead, do it. But I'm gonna do it anyways. Oh my God, do yes. it. <clears throat> this is how it is. Listen, it should be clear by now that I'm a pure soul. I've been blessed by the heavens above to be able to live a good life as a, a phoenix who has risen from the ashes in a way that we all know wasn't supposed to happen. I know who I am. I know all my crazy shit. I'm no fool. I know. I know what I've said and done. That's part of my power. I know. I know what's gone on. You know what? what that means is that I own it. I own it all. And I also, I also pass on the ownership to those who throughout my experience and my journey in my life contributed to the situations that forced me into extremely dangerous and, and disgusting and sick situations in which I had to decide how to heal how to live through it. The love in my heart is so powerful that it angers me to no degree, to no degree, <laughs> pardon me, 
take two. The love in my heart is so powerful that it angers me to such a degree that I am furious that anyone in the world would ever go to any length to harm me. And that's fine if you don't like me. I don't like a lot of you either. But you don't need to hurt somebody when all they want to do in the world is help other people like himself, survivors of trauma, survivors of abuse, survivors of sexual violation, survivors of narcissistic violence, survivors of homelessness, poverty, you name it. You don't have to hurt somebody because you don't like them for whatever reason when all they want to do is help other people get better. Wow. And uh, I'm making it known that anybody out there who wants to mess with me is going to get it yeah. real bad because I'm a nice, loving person who, who lives in this world to do good. And people who know me well know that. And I think it's really foolish, not just with the human impact, but the spiritual impact. If you ever have gone to church or a temple or, or a, a mosque, or you believe in any sort of a spiritual truth, hurting someone else, that's a no-no. You right. can't, you can't. Yeah, just let me finish. Yeah. So understand that I deserve to have my dignity intact, and it's not. So, my name is Craig Lewis. I'm the author of Better Days and Mental Health Recovery Workbook, which is available in 10 different languages. I published, and it's always, <laughs> I'll let you laugh at me. You know me, dude. <laughs> I published an anthology series of uh, punk rockers telling their uh, personal uh, recovery story of uh, surviving mental health addiction and trauma from around the world. And I just published volume two. And uh, yeah, and I just published the, the Your Crazy Oh my God. You know what I just said? The Your Crazy Guide. That's pretty much what it is, I admit it. The Craig Lewis Guide to Survive the Impossible. Do the right thing in this world, and God will bless you forever. That's why I'm here today. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Max. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Your stance is so deep. Oh, my God. Yes, yes. It reminded me of even Harrison Ford in Air, the Air Force One. It's your turn to be afraid. It's your turn to read. It's your turn to listen, folks. Be compassionate. This has been an interview with Craig Lewis. Thank you, Craig, for coming here today. Thank you for joining us on this Mental Health Affairs special interview. You've been excellent. And folks, keep it real. Keep it safe. Keep it peaceful. Thank you. Thank you, Max. Up the punks. Yes. Yes. Take care, folks. That's it, buddy.